Talks, and welcome to another special edition of Out the Box Talks. I am your host, Krill. I'm so excited to be here for another show. This is actually episode 70. I'm really excited about the sound of that, right? Because um, I just never thought, you know, you never think like you get to episode 70, you know, after doing this like consistently every week or every other week for the last two years. So I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. Uh, as always, we have some really dope talent that we bring to you every week. And this week is no different. Um, I can't wait to really chop it up with these brothers that I'm going to have as our guests today. But before I do that, I do want to, you know, make some announcements. Uh, want to let the viewers and the listeners know out there, you know, first of all, thank y'all for tuning in to Out the Box regularly. Uh, but uh, make sure to go to our website, outtheboxmedia.com. Uh, we got a lot of stuff going on there. We have our merch page, which is outtheboxmedia.bigcartel.com. Uh, we have our Patreon page, which you can find linked on the website as well, which is patreon.com slash outtheboxmedia. And the Patreon page uh, has exclusive interview clips that unless you are a member or a Patreon subscriber, you won't have access to these clips, right? These are exclusive interview clips that no one has heard unless you are an actual Patreon subscriber or a member of Out The Box Media. Um, also, you know, if you guys want to send in any donations, you know, you can send it to paypal.me slash outtheboxmedia or you can send it to our cash app, which is our cash tag out the box rep. Um, any donation is much, much appreciated. It de definitely takes some money to get out the box moving and to keep it moving. So, you know, any donation you guys can send to help, uh, you know, support our movement. We really appreciate it. Um, also, remember that if you are tuning in right now via YouTube, um, you can also catch the audio podcast, right? Uh, via platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Stitcher. Generally, where you listen to audio podcasts, you'll find the high quality audio podcast to these, you know, shows that we do. Um, so make sure you just search for Out the Box Talks. But everything is also on the website, all right? Um, and last but not least, I do want to encourage everyone, you know, watching this episode on YouTube to subscribe to the channel. It is so important that, uh, you subscribe and make sure you hit that notification bell as well, uh, so that you can be updated with, um, you know, all the new stuff that we have coming out, especially at the moment that it releases, that is really, really helpful because we want to make sure we are building our out-the-box audience, right? I know there's a lot of people that view these shows and you love the way that um, these interviews are done. So um, if you can just hit that subscribe button and that notification bell, it will mean quite a lot. So um, I just wanted to get that out the way. All right. So um, again, we are here for episode 70. As I said earlier, we have two artists today that um, really represent hip-hop in a, in a very special way. Uh, I, I would say um, 
if there was a hip-hop soundtrack to anime and video games, these two brothers would probably be the most prominent voices contributing to that music. So, um, I, you know, I want to talk to them about a lot today, specifically this new project that they have out called The Maverick Hunters. Um, and just a little bit about their history as artists and how they've gotten to the place where they are today. So we're going to really, really chop it up. Uh, I hope that you guys stay with me for the full interview because <laughs> I think um, if you are fans of these artists, or even if you're just learning about them, you'll be intrigued by this interview. So um, I just want to go ahead with it. So without further ado, you know, I want to welcome to our Out the Box Talks viewing and listening audience, two MCs hailing from, ah, man, I'm forgetting the actual location. I know it's Philly, and there's another location. Yeah, I'm, I messed up, but I'm, I'm, we're going we gonna, we gonna to get that when we, when we um, get them on. But they, nevertheless, they are, uh, you know, MCs hailing from the United States, and they have been definitely doing their thing and uh, I, like I said, I'm just excited to bring them on the show tonight. So, again, without further ado, I would like to welcome to the Out the Box Talks viewing and listening audience, my brothers, Novelist and Mega Ran. Welcome to Out the Box. What's Yo. <laughs> welcome, welcome. How are you? Uh, it's good to be here, man. I'm I'm great. I'm great, man. How are you? I'm awesome, man. I'm awesome. I'm so happy to have y'all on the platform. Um, let me just uh, unmute Novelist for a second. Uh, yep. How you doing, brother Novelist? I, I messed up, right? I messed up with the, um, you know, <laughs> yeah, your, your uh, city. It's all good, man. Detroit, man. Det uh, yo, yeah, it feels, it's, I'm good, man. I'm good. It's good to be on the show, man. Yes, man. It's a pleasure to have y'all here. You know, y'all got this new project out, The Maverick Hunters. Uh, I'm so excited to talk to y'all about that. But before we jump into that, I, I usually ask artists to just give a little insight on, um, you know, how you guys individually got started with hip-hop. Like, what made y'all want to pursue hip-hop as a career? And either of you could go first. Uh, okay, I'll go then. Um, man, I, growing up in Philly, you know, being like the the little redheaded stepchild of New York City, you know, we've had uh, we had close brushes with hip hop success out of Philadelphia, but most of the time it was always like cats in New York that would pop off. So um, honestly, I feel like you know, I, I I liken it to kind of the same with comic books where there was like a golden age and a silver age. So everybody kind of agrees hip hop's golden age was around 88 to like 91, 92. And if there was a second golden age, it was probably 93 to maybe 96 or so. And uh, in that in that golden second golden age or silver age, I feel like that's when I was coming into my own as a as a boy becoming a man and, you know, picking out my own pants to wear or picking out my own shirts to wear and my own music to listen to. And I think that was the time for me. So 93, man, I liken it to, uh, I, I, I give all the credits like Wu-Tang Clan, uh, to like, you know, Gangstar, to like Tribe Called Quest, De La Soul, like seeing all this cool stuff happen. And, um, 
and just wanting to be a part of it. So that was the times when I started writing my first rhymes. It was in middle school. Um, you know, fast forward, uh, I continued to write. I continued to freestyle. I played shows, but uh, I was a um, full-time teacher. Uh, you know, I went off to college and was teaching and was always still writing rhymes and things. And then um, I feel like it just it just called me, you know, back to it. So I just kept making music, kept chasing this, I guess, dream and um, put out a record 10 years ago that kind of had some success and it led to tours and some things. And and from then it was like, all right, I'm going to do this full time and I'm going to just try my luck at it. So haven't really looked back since, but it was 10 years ago, almost to like to the day almost because it was right around spring break time, which was like May. And um, I took off a spring break and never came back. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's just this. That's how that's how it went for me. Indeed, man. Thank you for sharing that. Go ahead, novelist. Uh, yeah, word, man. So, um, you know, kind of the kind of the same thing. Just um, I mean, I'm I'm a little younger. So, you know, my my time uh kind of really really getting into hip-hop was you know like the late 90s but i always i did my homework always right like uh so one thing i did uh i always played ball like i played in high school middle school college played in college as well and um what i did when i was in high school is i used to ref my little job was i used to ref like little kid games and then i would always uh get my money and I would go to Best Buy and I would always buy two CDs. And I, I had like a crazy CD collection, but somebody stole it when I, when I was like a teenager. But um, so what I would do is I would I would I would buy albums based off of the cover. Right. So I would just always go. So I was uh, I kind of already had started off listening to some some, you know, some obscure stuff. I was just buying rap albums based off what the covers look like. So I was like really into dilated peoples and like doom, you know what I'm saying? And and stuff like that. Um, still tribe. Right. Like I, I remember I remember seeing the um, the low end theory album cover and I thought it was like. I thought it was one of the dopest looking album covers ever, um, you know, and AT aliens, like stuff like that. I was just buying stuff based off the cover. Um, then when I started, uh, you know, really getting into hip hop and like making my own stuff, I was in college. Um, I'm in a group called Clear Soul Forces. Uh, we made a joint uh, that kind of blew up <laughs> called Get No Better. Uh, this is like, what, 2000. 2012 2013 i think and we made a joint called get no better and uh it just kind of blew up man like millions and millions of views and and we ended up uh you know touring a lot and uh and then, you know i was still at this time i was still in school i was in college i was playing ball so i was like going to practice going to games like leaving the country touring and coming back and going to class and stuff like that, you know, when I was younger. Uh, and then when I got out of college, I graduated, um, I'm still doing the thing in my group, you know, started doing, uh, started kind of exploring myself and doing some, some solo music. And, um, and then, you know, uh, I was working, right. I was still, I was a chef and I, and I hated it. <laughs> and then I, um, a couple years ago, like 2018, I think I, I dropped this, this project, called uh cerebral apex and and i was uh and i got megarens on there and um and i i dropped this project called cerebral apex and you know i was doing really well like better than anything i had ever done and i was you know and i was just getting really frustrated at, at work and i was just like you know what like i'm gonna my goal i had a goal i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna wait till i got about ten thousand saved up and then i'm gonna quit my job and i remember going to work and i had a whole just a really bad day and 
I quit just, and I only had like 2000 saved up. <laughs> um, but I, I quit that day and, and I ended up just, just by the, the universe, just looking out, man, I ended up having like email just randomly going crazy with like people that wanted to book me and everything. So I ended up being all right, man. I haven't, haven't worked since 2018 and, and here we are living off rap. <laughs> wow. You know, I, I'm so glad you said that. Cause I wanted to ask you, like, how did you go from that 10,000 in your mind to, to 2000 and then be able to walk away like, what was those days right after you quit like? Like, how did oh, that was, feel? Like, how did you even manage that that mentality? It was, yeah, it was it in? was very it was very frustrating, you know. But at the same time, like, so, sometimes you you do just have to take a chance, man. Like, you know, you don't want to be forty and be like, ah, you know, I should have. You know, I really should have should have just went out, went after it and did it or ever feel like it's too late to do stuff, which I don't believe it is ever too late to do something that you want to do. But, you know, and in, in, in this case, right, like I I just really felt like I had to do something. And, and if it was something, it was something crazy. But, you know, it ended up working out. So but I was. Yes. The first first couple of months, I was very stressed out. Mm. When did you start seeing the benefits, though? When did you start seeing the results of like, oh, man, I made the right decision because now the opportunities are coming? Oh, man. Uh, 2019 was just an amazing year for me. I Because because my group would, had just dropped, uh, we just dropped an album and then we dropped another one and then I dropped a project and then I toured and then me and my group toured and then we toured stateside and then we toured in Europe. And, and 2019 was just like this busy, busy year. Like, and, and it was just going really good. And then COVID happened in 2020 and everything, but, but 2019 was when I really was like, I made the right decision, you know? So. Dope, dope. Now I forgot to mention in the intro, like you guys have a, a, a huge body of work that's out. I mean, Mega Rand, you're going back to like, what, I think 2008, <laughs> you know, when I looked at your band camp and novelist, you're like at least 2015. I mean, you guys have put out a lot of material, you know, a lot of solo material as well. Um, and I just, I know it'll take a lot to go through all of that today, but I, if you guys had to just highlight um, your three most prominent accomplishments of what like you guys are best known for artistically prior to this Maverick Hunters album, what would you say for those that may not know? Like what, what it stands out in your catalog or as your artistry that you can okay. share? That's a, that's a good question. I'm, I'm big on collaboration. So I love to work with certain people. So there's kind of different phases in my career, depending on like what producer I was working with or what MC I was working with or things like that. So uh, things kind of started off for me in, in 2008 with uh, the mega ran album, which was, uh, you know, a, Mega Man based hip hop record that like kind of popped off on the internet. People were like, oh shoot, it's Mega Man rap. Like, what is this? And then uh Capcom got involved and like was dope enough to like license me to to create this. Nice. And um, and so they invited me to come out to Comic Con and they were like, Oh, you gotta come out and sign autographs because like you're like an internet celebrity. And I'm like, What? 
Like, what are you talking about? You know, so like, I gotta go back to work Monday. Like, what are you talking about? So like, literally just signing autographs and all that. So that was Meg the Mega Ran album is is definitely one for sure. At that time, I was calling myself Random, and um, so after a few years of that, I. I Collaborated with a great producer by the name of Kay Murdoch in 2010. Um, his group Panacea was on Raucous Records and done a lot of great things. Um, we did an album called Forever Famicom that took us literally around the world. That was the record that kind of kind of took us because it fused this like this hip hop community and culture that we loved with the gaming community and culture. So uh, so then we started getting booked in Japan and the UK and everywhere. So uh, so that's another major highlight. 2011, I did Black Materia, which is the um, uh, album based on Final Fantasy VII. And uh, as far as I knew, it was the first like kind of niche nerd rap album to like really hit like Billboard and do a lot of cool things. Um, so it was, it's a record that like that's the record I quit my job off of. I was like, oh, OK, this is the one. I didn't have a plan of 10,000 like novelists did. I think I just I just thought like, yo, if I can get a couple months ahead on rent, then I I could figure the rest out, you know, and um, and I never did really like look at the finances. I was just like, here's a chart, and it was the chart of top records on iTunes, and I was like number ten in the rap chart, and I was like, I started looking at the guys ahead of me, and I was like, I bet you they don't got day jobs. Like, all right, I'm out of here. So, <laughs> so that was it for me. I was just like, all right, I'm gonna give this a go, and uh, from there. Like literally a week later, I got offered a 30 city tour of the US and um, with uh, MC Chris. And like it really like changed my life, like just being able to see fans in all these different places who love the music and wanted to support it. Um, and uh, lastly, I would say 2015's record uh, for me, uh, Random, it's, it's uh, spelled R-N-D-M, is uh, probably the record that I think a lot of people have gravitated to because it's the first time I really put like the soul of like hip hop in with like me sampling or creating like a chiptune type sound and vibe to go with it, but also very soulful. Um, some of my favorite rappers are on there, Joel Ortiz, Murs, Cool Keith, um, and others. So that's the record that a lot of people consider like really like crossed over for me because if there's any such thing, because it was it was like top on like college radio charts. And I think that's where I heard of of Clear Soul Forces was like looking at a lot of those charts and things and being like, oh, it's a, all right, isn't this, 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 who's this group? You know, so I was like, oh, let me go listen. And then like, from there is when I really started like finding out about novelists, you know? Uh, so yeah, like then we wound up meeting at a, at a convention. So it just all kind of worked itself out. But those are those are the essentials, I think for me, if you get the first Mega Rand, the uh, Forever Famicom, Black Materia and uh, Random. Those are the ones. Dope, dope. Wow, that's a lot, man. That's a lot. Go ahead, novelist. Did you? I know you did allude to this a little bit, some of your your, your prominent moments. But if you want to add anything to it, uh, yeah, uh, same, man. You know, uh, I've I have a lot of, of projects out. My group has a a lot of uh, of projects out. Uh, if I were to uh, talk about the things that were essential to me, like as a as a individual artist, I would say definitely uh, Cerebral Apex. Uh, like I said, 2018, that's the album that I quit my job off of. That's the album where I was able to really show myself that I could do this for a living. And, um, and I just remember, uh, you know, that's really one of the times where I just like completely 
just did whatever I wanted creatively, right? Like that album is, it's, uh, I actually wrote a manga that goes with it. And the album is like a story that plays itself out throughout the uh, album. And I just remember, um, uh, I got, I got brung to San Diego Comic-Con and that's when I like announced the album and I showed some of the, the things from it. And I just remember the people in the panel room were like, like really like going crazy over it. It was really dope. So, um, definitely cerebral apex uh and uh i'm kind of the same way i I, sometimes i like to work with just one producer and and like kind of put that that one sound in in like a capsule and just work with that one person and then kind of do something else so i did another project called um metal face hakage it's uh it's uh i did it with a producer out of seattle named def d he's really really dope i met him when i was on tour uh, with my group clear so forces and um that's just probably my my project that's just kind of like some hard hitting like gritty hip-hop stuff it's it's really it's one of my favorites and it's a a fan favorite too Uh, it's one of my most like successful ones so uh and it's got some of my favorite videos as well so i would say that and then my next one would definitely be uh sword of nature um i did it in 2019 Uh, i'm a big martial arts guy you know i do martial arts i'm a huge fan of of martial arts in general and uh this was just really kind of an album i did with uh hero hero is my right hand he's my best friend he's amazing producer and um we kind of channeled this like kind of asian you know not really low on the drums not a lot of drums just kind of a uh, different sounding uh, project, man. And it was my first vinyl release ever. And uh, I just remember being like, oh man, vinyl's expensive. Like, can I sell all these? And I sold like a hundred vinyl in like five hours. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it was amazing. And so definitely they would be those three for me. Um, Cerebral Apex, Metal Face Akage, and Sword of Nature for sure. Ah, man, that's what's up. And I see the um the the MF Doom you know vinyl and the, 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 the oh yeah Doom Doom's my favorite rapper man so it's uh when he passed it was, it was pretty it's pretty tough on your on me man so yes. uh, likewise yeah. man he was my favorite MC of all time too man and I, I like I even did a show on that not too long ago man so it was definitely a loss man so um, word. Yeah. Indeed, man. Yeah. I saw the, the He's truly a, M- a rapper's rapper, MC's Word. MC, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, like probably the greatest, you know, Indeed. like bar for bar, man. Um, Hip hop, like, took a real big loss. For sure. Definitely, definitely. Uh, and very innovative, too, man. I feel like a, a, a lot of what we're seeing in terms of, you know, the abstract hip hop or the innovative hip hop that we see today are like people who are you know, uh, very in, much inspired by him as well. Um, oh yeah indeed so i wanted to ask you uh mega ran about um i from what i understand you put out a book not too long ago called dream master uh can you talk about what the book is actually about just briefly yeah yeah i I wrote a memoir like the time that i've been home i mean i've been working on it for like six years kind of putting it off here and there but since i was home i decided to finish it Here's a, a bookmark. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's um it's called Dream Master, which is named after one of my favorite songs that I did, which is also named after a video game uh, about a character, Little Nemo, who was like 
able to control his dreams and see the world through his dreams. And I thought like that's really what we are as kids of hip hop, you know, where we just you close our eyes and see these unimaginable things and we write it down. And uh, so, yeah, that was, it's, it's about my life up, like a lot of major moments from the beginning to a very specific point, which is 2018, which is um, the year that I received a Guinness world record. And uh, and so it's a it's a cool story that kind of leads up to that. It's like to go from, you know, just sitting on a stoop dreaming of of doing this to like really traveling the world and and being rewarded for your, you know, your art, which was um which is really dope. It, there's some sad moments. There's, there's some you know victorious happy moments as well. Um, but yeah, it is um it's 260 pages if you like a good little read, and um. I'm very proud of it. You know, this is something that I wanted to write for so long. And like I said, it took forever. I was an English major. So I, I overthink and overcorrect and overanalyze every single word. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> every single word that ever comes out of my mouth. So so I was like, it's not done. It's not done. I got to fix it. You know, and my editor was like, yo, what are you doing? Like, put this out. And I'm like, but but I'm just not sure. Like, I'm just so unsure of myself. And um, and she's like, I like it. I read through it 10 times. Like, come on, you know. So. Uh, so, yeah, I'm very happy to say that I'm an author, which is wild. But um, that was a, a whole crazy experience. Just learning how to navigate the the world of 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 like literature, you know, where it's like, all right, I've dealt with shady labels and rap. I've dealt with, you know, shady promoters and doing shows. But like the book world. It's a whole nother thing. Like we even tried to do a documentary. So I know a little bit about the film world, but books, whole nother thing. Like it's literally the oldest, you know, profession of media. So like people have been getting over for centuries. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they've been getting over for centuries. So it's like, I, I, I'm glad that the, the, the resources exist now to self-publish a book, you know, because I've talked to publishers and the, and the, the conversations were downright disgusting you know what i'm saying they're like oh is it about is it about hip-hop all right well you know is it about like the black experience because that's really in right now like focus on focus on being black and, and i was like yo this feels gross you know <laughs> so it's yeah publishers want it to be a certain way and i feel like my book which is a lot like my music is kind of everywhere sometimes it's about games sometimes it's about life sometimes it's about faith sometimes it's about some fantasy, you know? And so they were like, we really need to pinpoint this so we know how to market it. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Having those marketing conversations. And so it was, it was like terrible. So I was just like, I'm going to do it myself, man. Like, thanks, but no thanks. Um, you know, if I decide to write a very specific book next time, you know, I know where to do, where to go and how to do it, but you can't really compartmentalize your life into this like one thing. It's like, all right, yeah. is it a book about a, student is it a book about a rapper is it a book about a gamer is it a book about a, a black man you know what i mean so it's like people will really try to pin you down right, right. and uh and that was a rough experience but um but yeah so i decided to do it my own way like i've been doing my whole career so we just put it out ourselves did a you know dreammasterbook.com you can get it direct you can get it on amazon you can get it anywhere um and uh it's got a foreword by one of my favorite wrestlers xavier woods of the new day who uh, gave me some some kind words, you know, just talking about being a black nerd and growing up and how we had so many similar experiences. And I think that's what kind of what definitely drew me and novelists together. It's like I always talk about the Venn diagram of like 
rap and like nerd culture. And it's like, it's very few people who I could talk like rap music, wrestling, anime, comics, sports with, you right. know what I'm saying? Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's very few people who you can have any of those conversations with. And once you do, you're like, oh dang, we really gel on something. So yeah. that's what that's what led to the album happening for sure. Especially all of those combined, right? Like yeah. you might find Bro, two I, people that- I have three. I have three people and Mega Ren's one of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So Mega, uh, tell me about this Guinness Book of World Records. Like, like I, I need you to talk to me about that. I, I, I read that actually slightly but i didn't know what it was can you tell me what it is that you got well it's 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 more amazing uh maybe it's more amazing than it uh, it sounds more amazing than i think it is but it's still pretty cool so so here's what happened it, like at, when i first quit my job i started making these video game flips and putting them on youtube like all right today i'm feeling mega man one i'm gonna flip this bam 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 make a beat make a rap Final Fantasy, bam, flip it, make a rap. Metal Gear Solid, I don't know, flip it, make a rap. Zelda, I don't know. So <clears throat> this dude a couple years ago just emails me out the blue like, hey, we work for Guinness. And we're just curious, like, how many songs do you have about Mega Man? And I was like, mm, it's a lot. But um, let me go back and count. So I go through and like, I really didn't know. So I just counted, you know, all the tracks that have been commercially released. And they were like, that's that's really the key. And I was like, there's like 130. And he was like, oh, that's definitely a record. Like, <laughs> okay, so we, we're doing this gamer, Gamers Guinness World Records edition. And we want to do a story on you and get you a plaque for having the most songs about a specific game. And I'm like, okay. So... It's one of the things, like, you do it enough times, you get an award. Like, you can get an award <laughs> for, like, the most blinks in a day. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you dedicate it to something, you can do it. Like, the most hours without blinking or something, I'm sure, is a freaking record, too. Oh, so, uh, so yeah, man, it, it was it was an honor, man. And so they hit me up, and they was like, yo, if you're ever in London, you know, we would love to do a little um, a ceremony for you and get you an award. And I was like, well, what a coincidence. I'll be in London next month. And uh, I wasn't actually going to be in London next month. <laughs> I was like, let me call all my homies in London. Like, yo, let's make it. Let's get a tour. And booked an entire tour in, in a month and out in London and then the rest of the UK. And I was like, I'm not going to miss this like at all. And I think it just became like the perfect place to end the book because I landed at Heathrow. They had a driver there. This this sharply dressed brother was like, "Hey, Mister Jabo, I'm ready to pick you up. Are you a Mega Ran by any chance?" And I was like, "Uh, yeah." Like, I'm sitting in a car. He's grabbing my luggage, and like, it's an hour ride to the downtown to where this place is. And like, I just all I did was just reflect. Like, did you ever imagine you'd be here? Like, wow. So I'm back there, like shedding some thug tears. You know, just <laughs> like, yo, I'm I'm getting a chauffeur picking me up in London. Like, what? Like. Come on, man. So many people told me this would never work. This will never fly. Like, yo, you can't be mixing games and rap. Like, that's corny. People ain't going to like it. Yo, it ain't real hip hop. It ain't dope. It's a gimmick. It's, you know, like all the things that have ever been said or that I've even thought about myself, like doubting myself, you know, all were just flooding back. And I was just like, wow, this is true emotion. And, uh, and from there, I just started writing. And I think from then is when I started kind of finishing off the book like i knew this is where this is where the story should end for now because it was like a great reflective moment so so yeah man like with me people always do that they're like oh if you're ever going to be 
in, I don't know, Asia, you know, hit me up. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, what are the odds I'm going to be there? So I was just like, nah, I'm going to make this work. (laughs) So got the, got the plaque. We did a live stream from the, from the offices. I did a couple songs live. I mean, it was incredible. It was just a moment I'll never forget. And it was the same week that Black Panther came out and Black Panther came out maybe a little earlier in the UK. So that night I got to watch Black Panther in London. Yo, and that's it was crazy, just, bro. <laughs> it was like that. So I was like, yo, this is a moment. Like, you know, I'm like, I cried like five times that day. And like, like that was like this is where the book has to end. You know what I'm saying? So that was that was how it happened. Like insane. Wow. <laughs> so the book talks about that experience as well. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I gave you the short version, but yeah, I, that's yeah. literally the last chapter of indeed, the book. Indeed. Is that whole that whole experience that day and what I went through to get there and how like if we went to see Black Panther, there's like, you know, there's Africans behind me in African garb and like there's this man I I overhear him saying, like, I just this is so beautiful. Like I never thought I'd see this, you know. And I was like, that's how I feel, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was it was something, man. Like something. Yeah. Dope, dope. <laughs> Wow, man, what a story, Hip-hop, man. Hip-hop, man. Hip-hop did this, man. Hip-hop. Like, that's yeah, crazy. Right. That's wild. Like, that is wild, man. Hip-hop. <laughs> Let's get an applause for hip-hop, man. Let's get another applause. <laughs> for real, man. Hip-hop is saving lives out here, man. Word up, word up, man. That is, that is so amazing. Um, So let's talk about um how you guys even came together. I think you guys mentioned it briefly, but let's talk about how you guys first met and how it actually that relationship manifested into this maverick hunters project all right now nah, if you want to take that one uh yeah man so yeah i was I, there's a big anime f- festival in detroit and it's called yumacon right and uh i love i'm a huge anime fan i talk about it in my music all the time you know and and it had always been kind of a kind of a localized dream of mine to to you know perform at, at Yumacon because Yumacon started doing hip hop show. And um and then they had uh I remember my manager Chris who's another one of my best friends and he was uh you know they had hit me up to perform and then I was like y'all sweet you know cool I, I was definitely gonna do it and then um because I go to Yumacon anyway every year and then uh and then he said Megaran was headline and I'm like yo I'm like that's crazy you know so i was like all right so we, we definitely gotta do it and then uh i think i performed right before uh i think i performed right before you did or a couple acts before you and um and then i i performed it was dope uh and then uh i remember he he headlined it was awesome uh that was the first time i saw you do the freestyle thing uh, uh, nice. it, was, it was it was sweet and then uh yeah and then after you know um where I was just kind of selling merch and we just kind of talked and and just realized that you know we had a lot a lot in common you know and we and we just kind of that that one day ended up just turning into uh us just trading conversations you know over the next couple months and then and then he was going to Japan and and he um and he uh, had to hit me up to see if I wanted to go cuz we're both huge wrestling fans and and Wrestle Kingdom is it's basically new japan pro wrestling's wrestlemania right it's their mm-hmm. biggest show of the year it's always on january 4th in tokyo dome um so uh we ended up going to japan together and 
that's the trip that inspired my whole Cerebral Apex album. But at the same time, I always credit that trip with kind of the trip that me and and Mega Ram really became like friends. You know what I mean? We we spent the whole week together. You know, we we just did a lot, man. We hung out, went to see the Gundam statue. You know, did a couple shows. Like went to Wrestle Kingdom, and uh, it was just. I mean, businesses. I always businesses is really important, but um, you know, friendship is 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 even more important. And I think that that Japan trip really uh, made us friends, and also like, yo, we have to do something together one day you know and then uh the the first it started off as uh we did a joint on my cerebral apex album called be fine and then when he was in town we shot a video for it you know and then and then i remember we did uh we did we did the show in uh chicago at at uh, uh what was the spot called the arcade spot was uh, i don't remember uh emporium emporium, emporium yeah. yeah we did the, we did the show in chicago <laughs> And then, um, you know, and then we just stay connected, man. You know, uh, again, just sometimes when you talk about music, you just talk about wrestling, you know, <laughs> and then um, and then I was on tour in 2019 and we went to Phoenix and he came out, looked out for us, man. He, he rocked the show in Phoenix with us. Um, and then, you know, again, uh, then I started working on an album that's not out yet, but he's on that one, too. You know what I mean? <laughs> And then uh, when COVID happened, it really, really kind of gave us a chance to like sit down and be like, all right, like this is the time. Like, let's start, you know, let's start firing some joints back and forth to each other. You know, we got all this time. Like we had, we're both on the road all the time. And with uh, COVID and everything, there were no shows. So we were both kind of at home. So it really, a blessing in a terrible disguise <laughs> gave us gave us the chance to to really work on something together yeah dope dope now talk to me about um you know like the maverick hunters right like um what inspired y'all to go full on with this maverick hunters mega man theme and create an entire music project based on this concept well even like through our conversations like we were both into the mega man games and the mega man lore and then um his favorite character was zero mine was x like it just made a lot of sense so much that like these guys team up and they have really interesting stories and interplay between them and uh so much like that we was like oh well this is very similar to the game so i think whatever we do i think it's gotta it's gotta tie in a little bit you know what i'm saying with that and so from the artwork to the story to like the sounds, everything was starting to really come together. And uh, it's something that I used to do a lot of, you know, in the beginning of the Mega Ran story was me like flipping Mega Man or classic games, beats and stories. And I hadn't done that in a really long time. So I always knew like, oh man, I kind of overdid it. Like I was, I was like, I'm not gonna do any more Mega Man related stuff until it's really inspired and, and mm. like super dope. And uh, and that's what happened. Like coming back to this this project, like my ho uh, good homie of mine, uh, Jan Lee from uh, Cincinnati, sent me a ton of beats, and he was sampling a lot of Mega Man. And I was just like, oh man, he put some of the classic sounds in there, and the, the Capcom and the startup screens, and and I was just like, yo, this is it's taking me back. It gave me that feeling again from like when I was doing it years ago. So honestly, since the Guinness World Record thing, which was 2018. I kind of stopped. I was like, I don't want to be this one trick pony who just does this Mega Man thing. 
but like again i got to be inspired so as the song concepts are coming back i was just like man this is really good i think novelist is one of the best lyricists i've ever heard in my life so to be able to like rhyme with him and you know go back and forth on tracks and, and concepts was like a blessing so you know it 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 kicked me it kicked my brain into a higher gear you know what i'm saying so that we could you know iron sharp as iron thing and uh and it was dope it just like as like i would send him a beat and a verse would come back the next day and i was just like dang like <laughs> this is crazy like he's working like and uh and i thought i worked pretty fast you know so i was just like okay like this got me to up my work rate as we were just like keeping them coming man and uh the beats from hero were like crazy on there so it was just like we just got put in a zone you know by the production that we were getting i think and that's i for think sure. that's what powered it absolutely for me and um before i knew it we had eight joints that like we both really liked and, uh, and i think what we did which was good i think COVID forced us to we recorded them and and then we sat them down for a while you know gave them to the mix engineer and kind of walked away you know and then like coming back to them a couple months later it was like Man. yo who did this this yeah, is crazy you know? <laughs> like, oh that's me what you know like yeah it, it was it was dope like, cause at the time, I mean, I think, I think that's so important for the creative process is to be able to walk away and the same, you know, with my book and all the other stuff I've gone through, like, you gotta be like, I'm done. And then you right. stop and then you go move on and you come back. And if you still like it, then it's gotta come out, you know? Got and, uh, because when you're in the moment in the studio, you've seen all the video footage of every person in the studio <laughs> going crazy, going <laughs> crazy. Oh, this is fire. This is the greatest thing ever. And then you, nah, it ain't. <laughs> you know, like it's in that moment on them big speakers is the, yeah. the energy of all the homies. That's what's making it dope. But like you, you listen to it later, like, oh, what was I thinking? Like, this is trash. <laughs> like, that's literally happened to me where I was like, oh, my God, I just struck gold. yo. And then I come back like this. ain't nah. <laughs> So it's it's an important part of the process that gets overlooked. And I, I do think, I mean, Krill, you mentioned that like there's so many people that's inspired by like the Doom way of creating these days, where Doom was so dope at making everything look effortless, even though like there was mad complexities in the rhymes and in the schemes and in the creation, but it looked so effortless. And I was like, man, like him changing names. I was like, does he even want people to find this? Like, how you, <laughs> you know, what Yo. saying? I was like, this is terrible <laughs> yeah. marketing. Like, you know, like, bro, we want we want more of your music. Why are you changing the name up? You know, so it was like it was it's like so it felt so effortless, like like he wasn't trying to be noticed or seen, but he was deliberately trying to like buck the system and do something different, yeah. you know, which I really loved about Doom. And, uh, and that was kind of, you know, uh, inspired a lot of the, the Mega Ran from random you know, persona kind of for me. And uh, and I was like, but I'm just an indie artist. I can't I can't change my name and release something under a different name. Nobody will find me, you know? And uh, so, yeah, we've, so in this process, like coming back to stuff and like, it, it, that's what I think sent it to the next level. So when I came back to it after we heard the final masters, I was like, oh, this gotta come out. Like this yeah. is fire, you know? And, uh, and now I felt the same way. So we got to work, man. And uh, I'm very happy with how it's, it's, it's come out, man. It's been out a couple weeks and the response has just been better than I could expect it, you know? Yeah. Dope, dope, man. Well said. 
In the Bandcamp description of the album, it says, much like the heroes the album is named after, the Maverick Hunters, uh, the album has arrived to bring about positive change in a sea of uncertainty. Our two heroes are dedicated to the cause. How does that positive change actually play out within the music on the album in this sea of uncertainty? Uh, oh man, I, I think I think both of us and on this project, especially, just bring um, a positive energy and 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 very like relatable uh, content, right? Like I I know for me personally, um, the song Imposter Syndrome, I I love that song. I remember um, when when uh, Rand sent it over, I was just like, yo, this is, this is crazy, you know, cause it's, it's not only is it super relatable, right? Cause it's, cause I'm sure everybody feels like that at some point in their life. Um, but also, uh, the way the song is and, and the rhymes in the song, like there's always, even though it might not seem like it, there's always some type of light at the end of the tunnel, you know what I mean? And, and I think that that's what this project is. And I think that a lot of the, the music on this project, kind of gives off that that message and the energy in the project is this is very uh it's very positive dope, dope. so um i want to actually talk about some of the lyrics on the project right um if you've uh, caught any of my recent or previous episodes you know I, I really like it to get into the um the theory the themes the subject matter the lyrics on the album so um let's talk about the first track uh, it's entitled Complete the Mission. And it starts off with a line by you, novelist, where you say, the less poise turn in an opposite direction at the sight of the reploid. Now, for those that may not know, the reploid is kind of like the arch enemy of the Maverick Hunters, right? I had to kind of, you know, f- find that out. Um, now, um, the Maverick Hunters being the, the, you know, the good doers or the protectors of h- humans, um, but yeah, what made you start off the album with that line, in a sense, emphasizing the weakness of being less poised? Uh, oh, man, just just definitely. Um, it's it's a song where we were definitely trading rhymes. Right. So this is uh, this is just, you know, a lot of a lot of rappers. I, I think that one thing that a lot of rappers do when they do songs with each other or they do projects with each other is sometimes they they shy away from making the joint where they are kind of going head to head, right? And this is not this is that this is a song where we're we do it a couple of times on the project, right? Like there's just two just two elite MCs just just rapping, right? And, and I just think that that is that's what that song is, and that's kind of the message that that I was, you know, telling. Okay, so it was just 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 feel just the vibe. It's a very intriguing message when you think about it. Like you know, starting off by just saying the like pointing out the weakness of the you know the less poised. But sure. um, that's dope. That's dope. So um, on the same song. Uh, Mega, you have a line where you say X's and zeros might seem like opposites, but we ride in the beat like hover cycles made by T-Light. I'm not sure if I got that last part correct. But, um, <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, because like I, it's a it's a you know double meaning you know having fun with words and terms X's and O's is uh, right. you know tic tac toe. Um, also, you know they're, they're the opposition in that in that position, and so but in the game and in our world, uh, X being Mega Man X and Zero being novelist are partners. So right. now we have we flipped it. We've taken something that are that's considered to be opposites in a different world, like X's and O's should be opposition to each other. And we've, we're now this super Marvel universe team up type thing. And so that's really what it was. Like we both come from different places. We both have come from different situations, whether it be labels and groups and travels and audiences mm -hmm. and and to kind of wade into each other's waters is really where where we are. And that's what we're talking about basically like because I, I said a little bit of it before, but like being in this this subgenre that I've I've kind of waded in called nerdcore, a lot of um a lot of folks maybe look at that as like um uh how do I say uh whack MCs. So uh <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They'll be like, oh man, you know, people who's in who make nerdcore ain't really dope. They just rap about that thing that they like and people who like that thing are gonna like what they do. Um so basically saying we can wait in each other's waters, you know, I don't know if people have ever mentioned the term nerdcore with novelists, probably because you mentioned a lot of you reference a lot of that stuff, too. Yeah, right? I've never heard so, that term before, but um, <laughs> I, can, I can see why it exists. But I in no way can, I, I would I say that it's it's synonymous with whack rappers because it takes a lot of skill like, it, you know, to put together like the way that you guys do things, at least. There's a cleverness to it. There's a creativity. It, it, yeah, there, so it there's, doesn't matter what you talk about. Like, how clever is it? How creative is it? I how think it. I think it takes more creativity, and we argue about it and talk about it online a lot. But it takes more creativity to, to like pretend you're a comic book character than to pretend you're the gangster that you yeah. see walking down the street, you know, or you saw in a movie. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, rappers are cosplaying every day. You know what I'm saying? And it's like. <laughs> We're we're just taking you know something that touched us in a different way. Right, so in the right. same sense that I look at it like our heroes, Tribe Called Quest and, and Jay Dilla sampled jazz. You know, we we sampled the things that we grew up with, which were hip hop. You know, so instead of the jazz and the funk and the soul records, it's 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 like gaming music. You know, like Super Mario that saved my life. You know, and right. all these other things. You know, so. Basically, the the whole line and a lot of the because I knew this would be the intro song, you know, with it being like complete the mission, you know, it's like, yo, congratulations, like congratulations, you got this, and now like we're here, we're we're teamed up, so like all y'all in trouble, kind of thing, right? <laughs> you know, what I'm saying it's like whatever side you on, like you have to recognize one the skill that we're both bringing to the table and uh, the desire to create something that's that's different and something that belongs in your rotation. You know, right. so that was a lot of what what that like, yeah, it's just flexing, right. as Nav said. And like, I don't do that very often because I kind of came up doing that. Like that was right. battle rap was my life. Like, that's how I started rapping. It was freestyle battles. Your mom, this you you, you look like this, your dad, that, you know, and uh, and I, I kind of feel like I grew out of it. But at the same time, it's it's always fun to go back like like just those freestyle bars, you know? So um, it was, it was like, that's what it was for this. It was like, we got to set it off got with it, with, some, it. with some lines, you know? So that's really what it was. Uh, there's another part. I don't know if you're going to get to it, but there's so many, like the entire verse. And I think for both of us, 
you kind of got to know a little bit about the Mega Man of universe course. to really yeah. get, <laughs> to get gonna... what's happening, but they have double meanings. Yeah, yeah. You I know was what I'm saying? Actually... So, like, X's and zeros or I, this verse, I charge like this thing on my arm. You know what I mean? So I it was like, that. okay, I have an arm cannon that we that charges <laughs> up, but right. charge, like I charge money. So it's like, you know, everything, the almost the entire verse is yeah. a double meaning. <laughs> I caught that. And and I was getting ready. I didn't get a chance to complete the question, but I was going to say, um, you know, allude to the whole X being a character and Zero being a character, as you say, in the uh, Maverick Hunters or the Mega Man uh, series. And uh, I just wanted to know, like, with the when you said that line about X and O's uh, might seem like opposites, it made me think about X and O's as another term that also represents love. Mm-hmm. And since... The Maverick Hunters are doing it for the love of the people, right? Uh, did, mm-hmm. I wanted to know, did y'all happen to look at X and O from that perspective as well? Hmm. I will say I did not. Um, only because I feel like there is a lot of love, of course, and, and care that is going into the songs and the subject matter. But the games are about, you know, saving the world. And sometimes it takes, you know, some some blasting to do that. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I kind of took it from a point of like war, but not necessarily like not a war that we asked for, but, you know, a war that we have to like we have to fight, which is every day for us, you know, especially during the pandemic, you know, and there, there's a war on black people in this world. So like. We, we, we're in it whether we want to be or not, as soon as we walk out the door, you know what I'm saying? So that's really what a lot of it is. It's just like, we're in a war that we didn't ask for, but like, do we have to play our part, you know, or, or the whole race is extinct, you know? I get it. I get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just um adding on. Cause sometimes when I listen to the music, like a new thought pops up in my mind <laughs> to wonder like, Oh, could this mean this as well? You know? So I just wanted to share that, but that's cool. I, 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 I really appreciate that explanation. So um, the next track is entitled How Many Lives. Um, what would you say is the main or underlying message you all wanted to convey with this particular track, How Many Lives? So I thought at this point we were writing a lot of songs and, um, and a lot of them didn't have hooks. And so I was really happy that this one had a hook. <laughs> um, so like, uh, the 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 concept is something that that goes on through I think the the majority of the album and uh and specifically the 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 through line of video games and hip hop and of life is to the continue you know the continue screen you're going to get at the end of the game when you when you run out of lives you're going to have a continue screen they're going to be like do you want to continue or do you want to quit and uh and we have to we have to continue you know, so that's really what I think for me, that was like, we're not going to give up, you know? So that was like, it's like, we're in the, we're in the final later stages of the war and it's getting bad and we got some casualties, we down, but we're not out. So the continue on part was, was really where I think for me, a lot of the, the rhymes came from. And it was, there's a lot of chances for me to look back on throughout a lot of these songs. There's a lot of references to like childhood and what games did for me or what hip hop did for me. And uh, so even when this one, it's like you start thinking back to when you were a kid and you realize like stuff was so sweet and easy back then. And then you see now that it's it's not like that. But but we got to We can't just give up. We got to We got to continue on because we we here now. So that's that's really what I was I was going for in that one. 
Dope, dope. Now, my next question in regards to that track um, is for you, Novelist. You have a line on that song where you say, you feel anxious when your surroundings lack changing. The innovative never stare at the loading screen in the Matrix. Can you explain the meaning behind that line? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just, favorite line in the joint. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, uh, I just think that for me personally, but also for a lot of creative people in general, uh, I'm used to traveling. Uh, I know uh, Meg Rand is used to traveling and we were working on this during, you know, being stuck in the house and, and quarantine. So, um, you know, a man of the planet, I feel anxious when my surroundings lack changing. I get, I get anxious when I'm not, you know, in a different country or a different state, or when I'm just kind of in the same place for a long time, I get, I get a, a little anxious, like not just, uh, just like in life, but also creatively, you know, like it helps to, to be able to move and, and go different places and see different things. And, uh, and then also the the innovative never stay at the loading screen in the matrix. I mean, being a creative person, you know, even though we're stuck, we we can't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we still got, we still have to do our thing. We still have to be able to create. We still have to be able to innovate, and we still have to be able to be uh, be able to do our art, even even if we are stuck, you know, in the house. We can't we can't stare at the the loading screen in the matrix. You know what I mean? Got it. Got it, man. There's a lot of dope lines on this project, man. And, and like you said, Mega Ran, you have to, you know, you kind of got to know a little bit about the Mega Man series to understand, you know, the depth of where you guys take it with this stuff. So um, I, I just think for people that might be new to you all or just new to this project, uh, they definitely got to tap into Mega Man and just just do a little research, you know? <laughs> yeah, I feel like I was wondering, like, if we should do, like, a genius page or something for it, <laughs> you know, because there are some people who just will listen and be like, hey, that sounds dope, but not have any idea what we're doing. Right. I remember talking to Homeboy Sandman about, about genius and how, like, he hates it. <laughs> He was like, he's like, yo, genius is the dumbest thing ever. Because, and I was like, why? You know, he's like, man, what if I don't want to explain it? Or, you know, it makes, he's like, it makes smart rappers look dumb and dumb rappers look smart. <laughs> yo, so I was like, well, maybe we can annotate it ourselves so that we could explain it. So right. people be like, oh, no, nah, he meant, he meant this. <laughs> you know, it's like, nah, I just meant I'm better than you. <laughs> like, really? Right. <laughs> you know Yo, that totally sounds like something Homeboy Sandman would say, too. Yo, big ups to Homeboy Sandman. He's I mean, one, of my, one of my favorite rappers, man. Indeed. He's a good dude. We we talk every once in a while. Indeed. Super good guy. I actually appreciate that. I, and you guys could probably, you know, see from the type of questions I'm asking y'all. Like, I'm a fan of the lyrics. Like, I want to yeah. know what is being said. I want to know what's Word. the underlying meaning. And from my experience of doing these shows, uh, a lot of the people that tune in, are like very happy to hear, you know, some of the context of of, of the of the music. So right. um I, I think from a fan's perspective, um, I think it, it makes a lot of sense. Um we talk about MF Doom, like, you know, I, I've been on Genius quite a lot looking up <laughs> MF Doom and other artists just trying to figure out what you know, what yeah. some of these meanings, you know, what's the meanings behind some of these lyrics. And I think there's a community that generally wants to know, you know, um, me as a listener, like, 
I, you know, I have my, you know, I'm cool with my open interpretation of things, but I, at the end of the day, I would say personally, I really want to know what you're saying, like what you really meant. Cause it makes right. way more sense to me. Um, um, and I value your art in that way. Um, so yeah, thanks for, um, talking about that. So, um, the production sound on the project is obviously very video game esque. Um, and you know, it, it, like you said, it really, the sound came together, which really intrigued you guys when you heard it. Um, talk to me about the three different producers involved on the projects and your, on this project and your reasons for going with, you know, with the sound with them. Well, I got to shout out my man, Young Lee, L.I. He's um, from Cincinnati. I met him at a show one day and I, I, I meet a lot of people who be like, yo, I got beats for you guys. And like, I'll never forget the story. He uh, He's from Cincinnati and he was like, yo, come to the studio. And after our show, I went to his studio and um, I'll never forget. I was listening to beats and like they're really hard. So like what he does is he mixes the trap sound of production with a lot of video game sounds. And like he does it in a way that like I've never really seen. So a lot of what Nerdcore is doing is kind of creating music that's like opposite of hip hop like left of what's hot or left yeah. right of what's hot you know and like not really getting it in the center and being like yo you could hear this on hot 97 you know or you could hear this wherever so he was really good at creating songs that sound like freaking drake could have rapped on it you know and i was like oh wow like he's got an ear for like a big sound which i hadn't heard a lot and um he produced a record for me called church which came out in uh, 2017 um I put it on Patreon and then it became like one of my most popular songs. It's like my, one of my top songs on Spotify. Like it just kind of became a hit. And, um, and I was like, I got to work with him more. And um, he was like, Oh, say less bro. And just sent me a bunch of stuff. But I remember that studio session because, and this is mad random, but uh, he had like, there's a wall in the studio where everybody signs that has come to the studio. And one of the signatures was slim Jesus. <laughs> and I was like, Y'all remember Slim Jesus? <laughs> Krill, I don't know if you remember him, but like Slim Jesus was like this little white dude who was like, <laughs> like doing drill music and was like, talk about shooting you, killing you. Like a little skinny 90 pound dude with no shirt on. And he recorded there and I was like, Yo, that's hilarious. I'm never going to forget that. Like I'm in the studio that Slim Jesus started in so <laughs> anyway i just had to throw that point out so from there i joke about with, with a lot all the time like yo slim jesus been coming through man what's up you know <laughs> uh but yeah so he sent me some crazy beats man and like the guy's ear is is phenomenal wow. and uh and the moment i told him we were doing something mega man and zero related he was like oh man i've been waiting for this call <laughs> you know <laughs> and uh he sent me so much stuff and like i remember sending novelists like three beats a day like this dude was just just keeping them coming and i was like all right let's go and uh so i was really happy to work with him on this, this is the first extended like stuff we've done together and um and I, I'll, I'll mention the other producers dn3 who's been my show dj for a very long time he's like a student of the jay dilla pete rock school you know very um very dope with his swings and chops and uh the uh, joint bubblegum crisis he did um, and then we got my my other homie, DJ Reflection, to do some scratching on it. And just to kind of bring it back to the essence, I feel like 
you know, I wanted to mix it up. It's almost like two albums, you know. I feel like the first half and second half are almost two different albums. And I wanted it that way because it's two different people, you know. And so I, I feel like that kind of hit on the boom bap side, you know, just kind of scratch that itch. But then there's other records that are, you know, some 808s and some, you know, some double times and some, you know, so uh, I was, it was important to me to be very uh, like kind of versatile on it. And, um, and we, we, we did it, you know, so, uh, but I'll let novelists talk about hero cause heroes phenomenal. And uh, you know, they're, they're very tight. So I, I want him to make sure he does them the proper justice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shout out to hero. So, um, yeah, when we started uh, this, Megaran was uh, kind of getting it started with with the beats that he was sending over, and they were really really good. Um, so uh, I were really naturally wanted to get my my guy involved, uh, Hero, and Hero's just he's he's uh, I mean he's a, a a good friend, but he's just an amazing producer, man. Like he's able to really just do any anything. Like he he did. A project like sort of nature but then you hear the beats he did on this and you know what i mean and he's just he's just uh he's just rare like i don't i he's a very rare very very amazing producer and um <laughs> the one of the joints we did uh which is one of my favorites uh clash of the titans man uh i remember when he he made, <laughs> when he sent me the beat that was the beat was amazing and then i i came to him uh with the verse and i'm like yo i know this sounds weird but for some reason this song makes me think of wrestling and he's like what and i'm like yeah i'm like i don't know why like, let me just do this verse and i'm gonna explain this idea to you then i lay the verse down i explain the idea to him and then he's just like oh like okay like this is you know what i'm saying um and then you know i sent him a couple couple some of the mega man zero soundtrack uh uh for him to sample and he makes the memory card joint like he's just he can like i said he's just very he can just do anything whatever you tell him to do like he can he'll make it happen it's it's really really it's a blessing to to be so tight with him man yeah he's a beast man like he's one of my favorite producers man he can do anything and um man i heard that memory card track it just like blew my mind man, i was yeah, like oh I was, my gosh yeah i was actually i got to be i was like with him when he was making it and the whole time <laughs> i was just like oh my god <laughs> bro it's it's like unfair bro he's like the cheat code it's crazy, you know man. like have it like that in the clash of the titans you know and we both love wrestling i didn't know i'm really glad Nambas brought that to me because like i didn't know if we were going to do a song specifically about wrestling yeah you know we got a ton <laughs> of references in like every song but i didn't know if we were going to actually go outside of the you know the concept right. a little bit and hold, uh and we did tight, and it's a it's a banger i would say hold oh, tight because I'm, I'm gonna get into that i'm going through every right. song on the project all right so um okay thank you thank you for sharing that novelist and, and thank you mega ran for talking about the producers um let's talk about dear summer uh it's the third track why did you choose the summer as a season the song would be addressed to uh i don't know man i just think that um because we started working on this this was like probably we probably started working on this around late january maybe february of so with COVID kind of first starting i think this song was addressed to like 
like dear summer we're waiting on you we're waiting for this COVID thing to be done so we can like go outside and and like so we can get back to our lives and and things be somewhat normal again you know that i think that's kind of where i was at when i started writing the verse for this song and then uh and then mega ran, ran came with the hook and it just did fit perfectly so dope dope now novelist you uh also have a line on that song where you say understand providence prior to knowing what a prophet is and the pursuit of knowledge and balance through your accomplishments can you explain the significance of what that line embodies uh yeah um i mean i think that a lot of people um i think a lot of people are so quick to crown i guess uh people as like these we people are so quick to like worship celebrities and you know what i mean and crown people as as uh like these just top tier it could be anything music especially in music right like every time a rapper comes out oh he's the he's the goat man he's the greatest he's the best rapper out and i just think that people do that without when you think of providence you think of like spirituality spiritual power right people will crown people uh without really acknowledging the the fact that they may not possess the you know the proper power or ability that is needed to be to be crowned as such you know what i mean so that's kind of what that means interesting interesting um let's um let's talk about um mega Rand's verse on dear summer uh it actually starts off with you saying I listen to Greta and almost can't believe how the world's greatest thinkers get outclassed by a team. For those that don't know, which includes me, <laughs> who is Greta and why do you choose to reference her on this particular song? Uh, Greta Thunberg, can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Greta Thunberg is, uh, what is she, 17 or 18 now? Um, she is like a child genius um, and she lives in Sweden, Stockholm, and she's an activist at, at 16, 17. She became like viral for just speaking in front of like global warming, you know, groups and summits and talking about the, the real of climate change, you know? And I was like, man, like when you were, when I think about when any of us were 16, 17, like, there's no way that any of us would have had the the wherewithal or the you know the articulation to be able to mm -hmm. stand up against freaking politics and politicians and like really go hard on on like climate change stuff. So, you know, she's like a legit activist and like she's like I would even say one of my heroes cuz she's like super dope and like she knows what she's talking about. So, I love the fact that she's not a, she's not uh, ashamed of of speaking up you know and uh she's not like you know nervous as i would have been as a teenager like we all hated public speaking as as teenagers you know and so to see to see what she's been able to do is like it changes like my whole perspective on like what we can do and so again um we used the sample of one of her speeches for a song i did called cry of the planet that came out earlier this year and it's just talking about climate change and like how we need to take this stuff seriously and like you know, and that's and then Nav sent me this verse, 
you know? And I was like, oh, good. Like, we get to do a song about climate change. Like, dope. Like, how many rappers are talking about this, you know? And um, and so it was Greta's, like, speeches that were on the front of my mind. So I hope that, you know, me saying that makes somebody go and Google Greta Thunberg. And she's like, she's a G, man. Like, I just, like, really love her her fearlessness to get up and, like, speak. So she started with something simple, like, you know, doing a, a climate strike at her like school, you know, something like that, where it's like, all right, guys, we're gonna write signs and do all this cool stuff and, you know, be active. And I was like, man, like when I was her age, as I say in a song, like my service parties every week, like I was, I was chilling, you know? And it's like, man, like there's so much power in the youth and like, we gotta, we gotta respect and listen to and acknowledge the youth because Man, they're a lot, they're a lot wiser than we were in our days, man. Like kids now, like the stuff they know. I mean, you guys are fathers and you so you know, like the stuff that they're learning, the stuff that they're picking up. You're like, yo, I didn't learn that till I was 18. Like, what? Yeah. You know, like you're like it, it absolutely. It's, yeah, they're growing so fast. So we have to nurture them and, and listen to them, you know. So I think that's that's where that came from for me. So I'm just hoping some hip hop head will be like. Man, who's Greta? Let me just Google it. I'm sure she, I'm sure she's the first Greta that comes up. You know? And like she's the most famous Greta in the world, I'm sure. And uh, so yeah, man, I was just I was so inspired by seeing that. You know what I mean? Like she is uh she's like the goat, you know. So I know that there'll be amazing things for her. She did a TED talk, which is super dope too. And uh, so check it out. She's been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize for three years in a row. Like so you know check her out and uh you know that's that's like that's goals for our next you know generation you know so it's like it's real dope to see because we all think oh these kids just want to party and be on TikTok and pop pills or whatever yeah. and it's like nah this listen to these kids you know right. so yes that was uh that was the inspiration for for that part got, of the it, got it so um the fourth track uh entitled reploids although it's kind of like a track of its own. It sounds more like a bridge because it's not like a full song. Tell me why y'all chose to highlight the Maverick Hunter's arch enemy, the Reploids, at this at this particular point in the album because it feels like it comes in the middle of the album. So talk to me about um, your positioning for that track and why y'all highlighted the Reploids for the full track. Yeah, I wanted to do like an interlude. You know, and that's really what it was. It was the the repetition of the chorus and all that, and the, and uh, to to explain that the reploids are our enemy. So anybody that's you know, uh, not getting fully what's happening, you know, hopefully will be like, all right. So what is going on with the reploids? Yada yada yada. So and our you know maybe you do some googling, and uh, and there's so many different I think um, you know parallels you can make. It could be rappers who aren't good it could be rappers who don't try or producers who don't try to you know just people who aren't pushing the culture forward people who you know try to find the the easy way around or the easy way out of things you know who don't necessarily want to work for those things um so yeah it was an interlude that i didn't even know was going to be on the album it was just something i kind of did just to start off i was like I I I'm gonna start this it. song off. I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna just start it off. Y'all do what y'all want with it. Put it on there or not, you know. And then like I got it back, got this track listen back, and it was there. And I was like, oh, all right, cool. Like we want to <laughs> leave it, and you know. And they were like, yeah, we want to leave it. So, uh, but yeah, I thought 
you know, uh, to me, it was it served as a as a good interlude, you know, to give you a break. Like the first half of the album is kind of rapid fire lyricism and uh, and like kind of hardcore straight at you, you know. So before things kind of start to calm down, I think like it was good to do that one. And um, it's a sample from, I believe, Mega Man X. Um, and it's like, you know, it's like a, a, a creepy dungeon kind of feel. You know what I mean? So I think it's a good good change of pace to get you prepared for the second half of the album. So that was the purpose of the placement there. Yeah, I also noticed that at the end of Dear Summer, I think right before it goes into Reploids, like the beat changes to more of a subtle beat and then it goes into Reploids. So I, I could definitely see how you guys were trying to change the the sound a little bit there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Hero for that. Yes. Um, you know, he got it, not just producing a couple of tracks, but also like doing the final like arrangement of a lot of things. Yeah. You know, a lot of that stuff was just his vision being like, yeah, that'll sound good there. That'll sound good. And then I hear it. I'm like, yo, that was perfect. You know? Yeah. So yeah, shout out to hero. Dope, dope, dope. So, um, clash of the Titans was one of the first tracks that I really liked when I heard the album, you know, even though memory card is a single, like I think clash of the Titans really hit me. I think it was more sort of sound, um, but as I listened to the track more and more, I realized that it was in character of the famous Japan pro wrestling series between wrestler Kazuchika Okada, and I don't know if I got I said the name correct, and Kenny <laughs> Omega. Uh, for people that may not know, Ken, you all give a brief understanding of this wrestling rivalry and why it was significant enough to be referenced throughout this entire song. Oh man, uh, for sure. I mean, both of us are gonna have to talk about this. I'll go Indeed. first. Um, I mean, yeah, like I'm a huge diehard wrestling fan, been a pro wrestling fan my whole life. Kenny Omega, Okada, 2017, and Tokyo Dome Wrestle Kingdom 11, it's my favorite match of all time. If I had to pick one match ever to talk about, it would be that one. So, uh, when Hero made this beat, I just and uh, and I love Kenny Omega. He's my favorite wrestler right now. So and Rand's a, a big Kenny Omega fan too. So I just thought it would be dope to kind of honor that that rivalry that they had and just kind of be one of the characters and he'd be the other one. Dope, dope, dope. You know, I, I got a quotable which really stands out from this particular song. It's in the hook. You guys say a rainmaker carry the storm and never let up. The one wing angel can fly in any weather. The one wing angel can fly in any weather. Uh, it's such a dope <laughs> line, but if you know the Okada versus Omega wrestling story, then the line makes even more sense. So um, I just wanted to big y'all up for that because <laughs> it's one of those moments where you go and you you find out about you know the series. And you're like, oh man, this 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 line is even doper now that now that you know what it's about. Um, so for a little hint hint for those that uh might might not know, like to 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 to, to pay attention to that line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good good line to highlight. Like yeah. it, it makes sense, and I love that about you know creating stuff like this where I want it to make sense on several levels. You know, so it's like if it makes sense literally. And you pull out the double meaning. You're like, oh, that's really cool. Right. So uh, you're super proud of that song. This was like one of the first ones where I was like, oh, we got something. Like this is this is gonna be really really great. Um, and like I played it for a couple of my friends. And they're like, oh, this is great. You know. So 
Yeah, man, I love it. And I love even a person that isn't necessarily into New Japan or into Omega and Okada can enjoy it because it's a dope beat, it's dope lyrics, and a dope hook. So that's all you need. Dope, dope. Now, it sounds like in the first, like the first verse is told in the character of Okada, which seems like it's told by you, novelist. And yeah. the second verse is in the character of Omega, told by you, Mega. Is that correct? Do I have the correct setup? Okay. Um, yeah. What made you all decide who was going to be Akata and who was going to represent Omega? Like, how did y'all come to that? Um, I mean, I, I really, I really like both of them. I just, um, I, I, it really, I don't know. I mean, I really wasn't. I just kind of started writing the verse from Okada's perspective. You know, I just, that's just kind of how I started it. And, um, and then, I mean, obviously uh, I sent it over to Megaran and he, he was able to, you know, take over the, the Kenny Omega part of it. Um, I don't think I really uh, particularly chose one. I just kind of started writing and uh, from Okada's perspective when I, um, you know what, you know what happened? You know why? Okay. I know why, because I was playing Tekken. And you know, on Tekken Seven, King uh, has the Okada uh, outfit, and that's what made me. Um, that's what made me start writing Okada. That's why I say the King makes his way to the ring, a jaguar mask, the face of an animal to cover the face of an animal. It's because I was playing Tekken dressed like Okada. <laughs> ah, yeah, okay, okay. Dope, dope. Now, can I keep <laughs> okay. it? I can I keep it extra real with y'all? Like, I didn't even know about this wrestling series when I heard this Word. song, right? So it made me like further look into it but remember i said it was the song that really intrigued me yeah i think it was just the sound of it right so i'm trying to follow it from the perspective initially i'm following the song from the perspective of just what i'm hearing not knowing that these are actual wrestling characters that y'all are <laughs> referencing so i'm like lost like i'm like okay maybe he's talking about some type of special power he has you know what i'm saying or like and then i'm like when I when I actually study this the, the the wrestling series, like I said, it makes so much more sense. So uh, I got a big y'all up for that, man. Um, I also noticed that the real Kenny Omega is on the intro to the track. How'd y'all get him on there? And did he wow. even get a chance to hear the finished song? Well, at the time, he didn't know what he was doing, but he uh, he he guessed it on my podcast. He's a good friend, and um, he loves wrestling. And we we talked, man, and he he can talk. We talked for like two hours on my podcast, and uh, at the end, uh, you know, we asked for our drops, and I was like, oh, you know, can you say this, Kenny Omega? You're listening to Random Encounters, and I was like, oh, could you also say, <laughs> you know, I'm working on this song with my man Novelist. And, uh, you know, we're going to use it for that. He's like, oh, yeah, cool, cool. Like, the song wasn't done at that time. Like, it wasn't mixed. I hadn't let him hear it. Uh, he just did it. And then um, I let him hear it when the album came out. And he was like, yo, holy crap. Like, y'all killed it. He's like, you you really bigged me up. You made me sound, like, so great. You put me over so big. <laughs> and, like, he really loved the lines. He loved the Mario RPG. You know, he's a, he's a gamer as well. So, like... He was like super into. He's like, "Oh my god, you guys are so talented! Like this is this is amazing, you know." Like so, he was he was super hyped about it. So, uh, yeah, like that that's how that happened. I wanted to get Okada too, but he doesn't speak English very well. 
So I, I don't know if I could have pulled it off, but maybe one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be dope to find out, like, if he actually heard it and somebody was able to translate it to him, like, what his <laughs> response would be. But uh, that was dope that y'all got Kenny Omega mm-hmm. on the um, on the song. Mm-hmm. Um, Shout out to Kenny for that. That was like a little Easter egg for all of yeah. our fans. Like, and they, they and it was like- kind of a surprise for me, too. Like, <laughs> yeah. when he sent it to me, I was like... yep yep it was big so yeah all my wrestling friends like friends like fans have like as soon as they heard it was like you got kitty on there too (laughs) dope dope now the next song bubblegum crisis is probably the most motivating and positive-minded song on the album uh mega ran you have a lyric where you say if you saw the size of the blessing that's coming you'd understand the magnitude of the stress that you're under. So keep on. How does one even begin to get a glimpse of the blessing that's supposed to be coming? Man, it's, uh, I thought of this line when I saw, there's like a classic uh, photograph of a, like a dude digging underground, like digging for gold or whatever. He's chink, chink, chink. And he's at a wall and he's like about to give up and he's turning around. But then you can see through the wall that the, that the treasure is right there mm. on the other side of it. But like he can't see that. And he's been mm. digging his way all around. And he's like, man, I quit. And like that is what inspired that line. And, and I think most of the song. And again, I felt like we didn't have enough hooks on the album. So I was like, we got to get some hooks. We got to get some, some, some mantras for people to kind of take with them when they leave. Because what I, I love about Doom is that he doesn't necessarily follow any song structure but like for fans it makes them hard it makes them like have a hard time to figure out which song is the song that they like you know it's like well what's your favorite song it's like um you know that one where you where you said something about the wrestling you know it's like that could have been any song you know so so i want to be like the song you say keep on you know or whatever so that's that's why i want to make sure that some some words and phrases are repeated uh, on on a record so that people could be like yeah that's the you know the thing i use that to get up in the morning and jog when i don't want to you know so yeah that was i got kind of in my spiritual bag on this one you know i was like yo this kind of sounds like a gospel song you know like when i when i first finished it i was like this is very uh urban contemporary you know motivational but uh but yeah it was like you know i was going through some things and we all were doing this pandemic and you know being at home and not knowing where, you know, as musicians, like where our next stage is going to be or our next show. And, you know, like, and um, what got me through it was realizing that most importantly, that this wasn't just happening to me. You know what I mean? Like, yo, this is not just some dark cloud over my head. Like, yo, I had 2020 was about to be lit. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, (laughs) like the, I was about to do a UK tour with Slum Village. Like we were like really about to kill and you know and I, I i sat at home like man just my luck you know and it's like something stopped me to be like it's not just your luck like this is not something that just you you're dealing with it's not a black cloud over you it's not just your bad luck it's everybody's going through this so mm-hmm. now now pick yourself up and let's let's move on you know so that's really what what keep on was about for me was about digging going through the pandemic and trying to digging yourself up out of it and i also wanted to make sure and i'm very glad neither one of us said COVID on here we didn't say pandemic we didn't say quarantine we didn't say wear a mask you know what i mean like 
we left those things where they need to be, which is in real life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we see it every day. So um, I didn't necessarily want to create um, a project that would be kind of stuck in a time like that, mm. you know? So there will always be struggles and hurdles to get over. And that's where, you know, the whole, the line about the blessing and all that is, it's like the harder it is to me, like that's just a perspective to be like, oh, well then the treasure is going to be extra nice right, because right, right. I'm really going through it right now. So right. it's just like, you got to stick with it and keep going, keep digging, keep scratching and keep holding on. And that's that's where I was where I was at in that one. What what gives you the motivation that the blessing is around the corner? Like that realization to still to be like, you know what? It's tough. It may be rough right now, but I can sense this blessing coming. Like where where, where does that come from for you? I think that comes from my faith growing up. You know, I was I'm I'm still very spiritual, I think. Not maybe not religious, but very spiritual. And I do believe in energy. And uh, the energy you put out in this world will come back to you. Um, and that's why I feel like, you know, I've been able to survive doing this is because I don't do people dirty. I don't double cross people. I don't cheat. Like, you know, if it's somebody I'm working with, I make sure everybody, everything is very, you know, transparent and open and fair, you know. And and I, I do believe that when you're good to people that, you know, life is going the universe is going to take care of you. You know what I'm saying? So I, I firmly believe that like your the energy you put out is going to come back to you. It may not be when you expect it to or wanted to, but I firmly believe that. So, you know, like quitting my job without having nothing lined up. Like I remember being scared to death. My last paycheck I'm picking up from the school and I'm like, there we go. We got to make this work. Two weeks later, I'm on tour, you know? So like, I, I just believe that it's going to work out. Like, you know, um, I ain't gonna just go walk in traffic like you know Frogger style and just be like, man, I'll be fine. But but I I really firmly believe, man, that if you have good intentions and you do people right, you know what I'm saying, you're gonna be all right. And uh and that's 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 that gets me through life, absolutely. Good, good, man. Well said. You know, as you said about um as you just referenced, you know, um you know, leaving your job and then going on tour. It made me think about, um, you know, the, the type of, I guess the type of money that comes, like the difference between the money of working like an hourly job versus the money of a, a tour, like, you know, where you might get a, a lump sum up front. Like, how does that feel? Like when you go from, you know, that, that nine to five mindset, mindset that, you know, clock in, clock out, you know, I'm not saying that that was the job that you had, but you know, that hourly kind of depending check for check to getting like a, like a lump sum, you know, for, um, a tour or, you know, like what, what's, how does that difference feel? Like when you make oh, that man. step, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's a big difference because I mean, if you're, if you're trying to create and, and work, uh, a, a nine to five at the same time, it can be difficult because you, you can, um, work so much that you come home you don't feel like creating right if you go on tour and you make a big a big sum of money uh you can come home and chill for a minute and and just create you know until the next time you gotta you gotta leave again so it's like it it definitely gives you uh like some breathing room to be able to create and not have to get up and go to work every day you know what i mean how, how would y'all say y'all have been able to um I would say I, I would say maintain or even 
still be successful within this climate of the pandemic, you know, where you guys can't really physically tour anymore. How has that manifested or worked out for y'all where y'all can still, you know, you know, not have a, a you know, a, a, a day job, but, and still, you know, pursue your artistry or your, you know, your dreams or, you know, what you love to do. How has that worked out in this time? I think it's, you just, um, oh, go ahead, bro. Oh yeah. It's, um, I think you got to trust your, you trust your fans, you trust your gut. You know, and um, I know a lot of artists who are just like begging and dying for shows to come back. Like, yo, I need to get on stage. And I, I love the stage. I think it's where I shine the best. It's where I have the most fun. You know, I love, you know, meeting people, handshakes and hugs after a show, selling merch, whatever. Like, but I think it's just trusting your art and your ability uh, to get you through, you know, and uh, cultivating your fans, you know, like being like, hey, yo, if you rock with me, I'm going to be over here. So you're on Twitch, you're on Patreon, you're on all these other things. You just got to create and add value to people's lives, you know? And, uh, and I think that's, I've been lucky enough to do this. We've been doing a live stream show uh, every Saturday for now, like, last Saturday of the month for a year now wow. uh, with, with uh, MC Lars, MC Front A Lot, Shape of the Dark Lord, and getting 150 plus people there that are paying tickets to see us, you know, and we're just in my room in front of a green screen, you know? So I'm very, very fortunate, you know, that fans still want entertainment and like, and they're asking us like, yo, you're not going to just stop this when the pandemic's over. Right. Wow. Like we really love this. And um, so, yeah, it's just like trusting your art, trusting your, your fans to support you and, and being very honest with yourself and them being like, Hey, yo, if you love me, this is where I'm at. Like, you got to come through, you know, you got to help me out. And um, we've been very fortunate. I think fans of, of like myself, of novelists, like we've been very fortunate, you know, to the point where like I lived on the road before this and, and now the two and uh, to have been a year plus 14 months off the road and not like dying. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yo, I got to get back on the stage. I'm just, I'm a, I'm a, I ain't gonna pay my bills. You know, yeah. like I've been very fortunate, you know, where like things are still working out, but it just comes from, I think, years of consistency and, and just hopefully creating what people consider to be solid work. Yes. And, uh, you know, that's really what it is, being true to yourself and, and being true to the fans and, uh, and people know what to expect from you. But like, there's really no way to prepare for something like this, man. Yeah. And I know that there's a ton of artists that are hurting, you know, and, uh, and you know, I feel for them. But like, I, I always tell my friends if I can, like, you know, create something that you stand by, you believe in. And sometimes you got to be very honest and ask the people exactly for what you want them to do. Like, mm. hey, uh, I need you to click this link. I need you to go to my Patreon, you know, and, uh, you know, just being very honest. And some people are like, man, I suck at self-promotion. And I'm like, well, get out the game, bro. <laughs> you know, man, like, yo, go to a law firm or something or go sell insurance because right. like the gone are the days where somebody's going to go jump behind you and promote you, you know, and you know, all these things like this is the DIY generation. So if you, if you aren't ready to do it yourself, mm, go take up knitting or something. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah. Words Word. of wisdom, man. Now, um, uh, Mega, you have another line uh, on the song "Bubblegum Crisis." I got so many quotables on this song, <laughs> but uh, I won't. I won't go through all of them here in in this main interview. Um, but yeah, Mega, you say you also say uh, on that song at the end of your verse, you say, "Man, growth is painful and changes too." 
but you got to be aware of what you change into. Why is it important to be aware of what you change into? Um, well, there's like a classic saying where people be like, oh man, money turns people evil and this and that is the root of all evil. And like, not necessarily money just kind of makes you more of who you already were, you know, and now you just have more money to, to do these things with. So, you know, you might've been a bad person before that. And, um, <clears throat> you know, and what I want to get at is, yeah, growth and, and, and change is a necessary part of life. And so people always say like, oh, they, this, this honestly <laughs> is a, is a very personal line because a, a, a friend of mine or a former friend of mine um, decided at some point of his, his career that he didn't like need anybody. So he didn't necessarily want to like be associated with his friend group anymore because he felt like he was about to get a really like dope elevation and like that was going to change, you know, his life and his situation. And so he kind of stopped talking to everybody and then it didn't work out. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, well, see, like that's, that's kind of what happens. That's what the universe will do to you if you're not humble, you know? And he was just like, yo, I gotta, you know, prepare for my season, you know? So I got to cut off, you know, I got to, the caterpillar got to grow and, uh, you know, and we would mention a lot of things like that. And, um, and yeah, like change is a necessary part of life, but like you shouldn't change into like a dick. So that's really where, where it came from. It's like a personal situation that I had seen, you know, where I was like, man, like people think that you, you must grow and change to become a better person. And yeah, you got to elevate, but you can't like devolve, you know? So it's, it's very important to watch the direction of where your change is going. So that's, that's where that line's about. Dope, dope. So, um, I, I alluded to this earlier in the actual, uh, interview. Um, can you hear me? Am I mute? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry about that. I, I, I muted myself. <laughs> I'm going to say, no, I was going to say, um, you know, thank you for, for breaking that down. I alluded to this earlier, you know, at the beginning of the show, uh, you know, talking about, you know, you guys' interests, you know, and, and how you guys have fused anime and, and video games, right, um, into your music. Um, and I was having the, the conversation the other day, you know, talking about this anime and, and video games and how, you know, we're actually seeing these genres of entertainment being expressed in hip-hop music from both MCs and producers, you know, today. Like, we're seeing it a lot now you know and i remember when i was growing up in the 90s although we watched cartoons and we played video games those topics really showed up in like hip-hop music right like we talked about street stuff and hood stuff and you know relatable stuff as well um you know everyday people relatable stuff and um I, i'm just you know when when we think about hip-hop you know hip-hop has had a history even to today of, you know, music that just relates to experiences in reality, right? Like struggle, overcoming adversity, you know, and challenges and a number of other everyday people relatable topics. How does anime and video games, when infused with hip hop, intertwine with some of that same relatable reality? Like how would y'all, how does anime come into that re relatable reality world? Like... Um, well, I, I think that a lot of anime and video games as well, there's always, there are always lessons within them that can be applied to, to real life. You know what I mean? And, um, and you know, whether people 
find the message or they get it or they interpret it the, the way that it's supposed to be, um, you know, is up to the the person that's consuming the you know the media. But uh, I just think that I just think that you're you're able to take those things and apply them to life from an anime from a video game and that's kind of what we do and and we just do it with music you know what i mean dope 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 yeah man i mean it's you know like 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 i said when i think back i probably remember one kid in junior high school talking about dragon ball z you know what i'm saying like and i'm talking about like mid 90s like you know 96 you know, um, and then I didn't really hear of it now, but like now, like I see so many kids, that's what they're into. Right. And I just think it's dope that it's transferred into hip hop. Right. Like, like you said, mega, like it's like hip hop wins again. Like you and, and, and you guys have a special place with that. Like y'all are, y'all are contributing to that. Um, you know, but it, I was just curious to know, like, you know, where the relatability happens. Um, did you it's get been it? it's been dope to see, man, with these younger kids, man. Yeah. Like, I think it started happening. I, I got to thank one of my favorite rappers of all time, Lupe Fiasco. <laughs> you know, like we think about him creating, you know, kick push and and, and combining skate culture with hip hop culture, and like I think from then, you know, kids of that generation have been it's all intertwined you know like the hip-hop kids the skate kids the anime yeah. kids the, you know the the wrestling kid the dragon ball z nerds like they were all equally you know nerdy and and now these kids can like whatever they like which is so dope right right like man i used to have to sneak you know my video game magazines to school on the bus like hiding them you know like I would have had to buy a playboy magazine and put it on the front of it <laughs> just to not get beat up you right. know what I'm saying? Like it was it was different, you know. Now like these kids can yeah. be whatever they want. They're so free, man, and I just love it. You know, and, and you hear it in the music, man. And like people started it, it came from a point where people were messaging me like, "Yo, I heard Stone Cold's theme th theme song in the middle of this JPEG Mafia song, you know, or something <laughs> like that." Like whenever people heard this stuff that I liked in their in the music, they would hit me up about it. So then I, I was like, oh, well, let me check out JPEG Mafia. Like, turns out big wrestling fan, you know? And like, so yeah, it's just been dope to see, man. Like now the the cross like counterculture thing is just like the rules are out the window. You know what I'm saying? Like the kids that do the drill music about shooting your house up are into Dragon Ball Z. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've literally heard Dragon Ball Z drill raps. Like it's That's to the crazy. I've heard nerd Griselda raps, you know what I'm saying? Like it's the styles, everything is just blurred, man. And it's it's awesome because I remember our our generation was like stupid gatekeepers and stuff. It was always like, nah, you can't be doing that. And so when I came up in Philly at the time, it was like it was if you didn't sound like Beanie Siegel or Freeway or State Property, like you just couldn't get on. Like nobody wanted to hear it. You know, you ain't got it, you ain't wasn't talking about the streets over some soul samples from Kanye or just blaze. Like that was it. Like that was the sound. And, uh, but now, man, there is no sound, which I think is just fire. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's no rules, man. I, I think love it's it. part of the do it yourself, you know, culture that you spoke about earlier. Like it's just so much more freedom to just be yourself, you know, as much mm -hmm. as hip hop has been criticized for a lot of rappers not being true to themselves, I feel like we're seeing that 
a lot more and the the you know the opportunity to really do that and not get a lashback or get criticized is opening up a lot more and you guys are kind of ahead of the game with that because you, you guys are speaking to what this this generation that's coming up um is really tapped into like you know animes and video games are huge you know now um so yeah um I, i'm glad that you um you expressed that um so Let's talk about the single, which you currently have a video for. It's entitled Memory Card. Um, on this song, you, uh, you guys compare life to a video game, and you say, never move on without a memory card. What would you say is the representation of the memory card in real life, and how do we benefit from it moving forward? Um, that's a great question. Ooh, um, that's a good one. <laughs> I think that I think a lot of times when, when we experience stuff or um you know when we're when we experience like the highs, right? Not necessarily the lows, but just the highs of of life. I think a lot of times like a lot of people we we like to take pictures and we like to get video of it and we like to stream it and we like to, you know, which is cool. I don't think there's a problem with that. But I think the the problem is that sometimes we let that replace the actual feeling of being there. Right. And I think that the memory card is like keeping our actual memories and remembering what it felt like to do those things. Right. Like um I still like one, one of the best moments I've ever had is, is we, uh, I did a show, my group clear. So forces, our first sold out show ever was in Paris and it was like ridiculous. And like, I still remember what that felt like. Right. That's my memory card. Now me getting it with my phone and, and kind of being caught up getting video and pictures and, and everything. And, and kind of that, kind of manifesting itself as my feeling when that's not my feeling that's just through a phone or a camera right like that's not that's not real i think our i think it's just remembering what it felt like to be there you know what i mean indeed indeed you guys also say on the hook of this song uh i think you say it a, a few times adventure versus memory loss um why would you choose to highlight the two and and what is the significance of their rivalry Adventure versus um, memory loss. Kind of piggybacking off of what I just said, you know, uh, adventure is remembering the, what it felt like to be there and then memory loss, right? Like not remembering and just having the, the, the photographic evidence that it happened, but not really remembering what it felt like to be there, you know? Mm -hmm. Good, good. So um, I'm, I'm coming to the end. I just want to thank y'all for staying the course and staying, you know, long for the interview. I think I said an hour and a half. We're definitely past that now. Oh, it's all good, man. So I appreciate your patience. Um, so let's go to the last track. It's entitled Imposter Syndrome. Um, tell us what is the Imposter Syndrome and how have you guys been able to work through it thus far? Whoever wants to go first, uh, you're muted, Mega Rand. Oh, let me. Oh, I um, okay. Yeah. So, imposter syndrome is is something I think every creator goes through, whether they know it or not. You know, it's um, and I'd heard about it, reading about it over the, the like past couple years, and uh, I never really did a song about it, but um, 
it's just the idea of never feeling like your 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 skill is at the level of someone else's that you see. Like anyone in any field, I'm sure has felt this. You know, you could be running track, and then you turn around and see somebody phew, zipping around. You're like, wow, like I'm not as fast as they are. <laughs> you know, you draw something, and then somebody's like drawing even better, and you're like, oh, I'm definitely not like as good as that person. And uh, and so imposter syndrome happens when you begin to feel adulation and, and get acclaim for that thing. Like people are like, yo man, out the box TV is the best interview I've ever done. You know what I'm saying? And then somebody's like, they're, they're showering you with praise. And then you're like, man, but am I as good as Vlad TV, by the way, you're better, but, but, like, <laughs> but do you know what I'm saying? Like it starts to make you look at other people at their success and be like, do I really deserve this? Like, yeah. am I an imposter? You know? And so it's something, and for me writing the song, I was like, oh, I go through it every day as a rapper, but I didn't want to write about that because I mean, it's, it's very clear, you know, anytime I get an award, anytime somebody ever does something cool for me, I'm always like, but am I like, are you going to suddenly wake up one day and take this away? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you, you, you changed your mind. Like, oh, okay. I knew it was a dream. I know. Here we yeah, go. I'm going back man. to my nine to five. I know, you know? So like that, that's always in the back of my mind. Like this could go away at any second. And that's kind of why I feel like I grind so hard. Cause I just, you know, I know that, uh, you know, it took a lot of work to get it. So, um, so yeah, man, it's something every creative goes through, but I, I decided to go back to earlier times in my life where I didn't even know what that was at that time, but I had still been through those situations where I was drawing comic books with, with some friends and I thought I was, you know, I thought I was getting good. And my friends even said like, yo, you're good. And then I saw my friend's drawings. And I'm like, but I'm not as good as him though. Like just beginning that self deprecation and self doubt, you know, and, um, and just realizing that it's a big part of our lives, especially I think as African-Americans, like we don't really talk about our mental health enough mm. and we're not always in a safe space to do that. So, you know, I thought that it was important to talk about that. So I, in this line, I say imposter syndrome, but then when you got my skin tone, you know, it, it depression makes its inroads, you know? So just talking about how like combined with all the things we see every day as, as black people, as humans, as creators, uh, it just, comes down on us so hard and we don't necessarily always have a place to 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 let it out and to talk about it so um i thought that was the perfect place to end the song i mean the, the album with but even even with that my verse I, I wanted to try to end with some positivity so my last line is just about you know like i'm an improvement and every day trying to be better and you know like each day that we we hear is a chance to do it better you know so uh so yeah it's um that was that was important to me. Like when I heard the beat, like that was what I thought. And um, and I'm glad, you know, Nav went along for the ride, you know, because it was it's a record that I really love a lot. A lot of people saying it's their favorite from now. Yeah, so, I had a lot of yeah. people that say they like that one too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's definitely up there. Like, you know, um, I think between that, um and um what is it, the the one that um the bubblegum crisis and um the you know the the um the Clash of the Titans. Those are like mm. my favorites. Um, and nice. I might go back and listen and be like, oh, I got, I got another favorite, you know? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> brothers, I just want to thank y'all so much for, again, taking the time. It was an absolute pleasure talking with y'all for this interview. I wish you all continued success in each of your careers. But before we go, can you give the people a glimpse of what 
might be in store next, you know, maybe for the rest of 2021? Because I know you guys are always working. Like, um, what, what do you guys have coming up? Um, even if it's not this year, maybe in the near future as well. Um, you want to share any um, works that you guys coming up? You can unmute your mic, uh, Meg. Uh, yeah, I mean, we got we got much more content for this record coming. Dope. We got a new video for Dear Dope. Summer that is coming very soon. Uh, lyric video for Clash of the Titans, much more Maverick Hunters. Uh, vinyl is coming with your help. Hopefully you will continue to pledge. We're at our 100%, but if you want a piece of this vinyl, you can go to Bandcamp. There's a, a pre-order pledge out there. Uh, so yeah, it's been doing great. Uh, I can't wait to get this into everybody's hands and then hopefully get on the road and perform it for y'all. Dope, dope, dope. And just for people that may not know, I mean, I know you just said Bandcamp. You want to give like your social media pages and any other websites that people can, you know, find y'all specifically? Uh, yeah, man. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Novelist, N-O-V-E-L-I-S-S-C-S-F. And then you can follow me on Twitter at The Novelist. That's T-H-E-N-O-V-E-L-I-S-S. Go ahead, Mega. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I am at Mega Ran, M E G A R A N. Uh, you can get me on MegaRan.com, MegaRanMusic.com for music, MegaRanMerch.com for merch. And uh, I hang out on Twitch a few hours a day, twitch.tv slash MegaRan. Dope, dope, dope. And um, I just want to say to all of our viewers and listeners, remember to catch us on OutTheBoxMedia.com. Uh, that's our website, so you can get, um, you know, just stay updated with all the new shows that we have, as well as the, um, you know, previous shows we've put up. We've been doing, you know, interviews since 2008, um, and you, it, a lot of it is on that YouTube channel, um, but uh, I want to say between last year and this year has been one of, have been our most consistent years. So, um, like I said, every Friday there's a new episode uh, make sure you go to that website and, you know, support us in other ways. Remember to subscribe to the YouTube channel and hit that notification bell. That is extremely important. And, um, you know, if you like what you hear or you see, share it, you know, share it on your socials or tell a friend, you know, um, uh, we could use as much um, views and, and support as possible. Again, to my guests, I thank you all again. Much success to you all. Uh, this Maverick Hunters project is awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be listening more, and I'm looking to see what else uh, you guys got coming, like with the videos and stuff. So, um, yeah, continue, continue success to y'all. Stay, uh, stay on the line. Don't leave just yet. I, I'm just going to close out. Um, but, again, to all of our listeners, thank y'all. I want to wish y'all all the best. Stay safe, stay focused, stay healthy, be at peace, and uh, stay in health. And we'll see you guys the next time we are out of here. Peace.